0: streams podcast kip here solo this is nuts because this is one of my i think joey i think we're at 25 plus years of friendship if you go back to 1997 am i doing the math right on that
1: uh summer 97 summer summer, it was it was pro classic 97 yes
0: like so this is one of my former teammates roommates we've been ushers and groomsmen in each other's weddings and many other weddings where somehow people put us in tuxedos and thought we would (laughs) act. accordingly uh but joe carmichael welcome to cross the streams my friend
1: thank you thank you i've heard many of the episodes first time on it
0: yeah you should probably be mad at me that it took me seven seasons to get around to you but that's because you're so busy changing the world it's
1: Uh, it's i i feel like uh i feel like i am definitely not an expert in many fields and so you finally (laughs) found something that i i wouldn't even say i'm an expert i just know a little bit about it so no i'm happy to be here Hey, so
0: here's what we're doing with the interview. So Kane and I started Cross the Streams because, number one, we wanted an excuse for our wives for us to have to talk more often than once every three months, right? But then we also, like, we thought there was power in people's stories and what people are doing and not necessarily, like, influencers and have 70 million followers because we sure as hell don't either. But then I also realized when you do podcasts, people aren't always really comfortable just rattling off their entire LinkedIn resume. So I got a question to start it for you. You ready, Joey? So I'm, I'm ready fire away. If we had a time machine, we could go back to Lausanne Dorm where we're in a triple, we write basketball room team. 111. Our friend Nick Nick wasich and Joe was in the midst of an amazing run Is the greatest 007 Golden <laughs> Eye player, rockets in the stack of all time. time. If we if we go poof into that dorm room, we're probably playing you're beating us in the whole hallway and you're laughing hysterically. And we said, "Hey, that that goofball on the super nintendo that's killing it or no is it any s 64 nintendo 64 64 yeah He's destined not only be a father a husband but to play a vital role in a 47 million dollar capital campaign that really serves the public what would that guy have said you could give me reactions you could it's a podcast <sighs> but i wish i could capture your face but that's Man, how i want to start yeah
1: yeah, great question. I wish you would have given me questions ahead of time so I could have come up <laughs> with like some awesome answers. Um, you know, I I think I would have I think I would have laughed at what capacity like maybe referring him to my dad to do a property tax appeal. I mean, I guess there's no taxes for for nonprofits. I I would have had I would have I I probably would have shrugged it off and kept playing Bond. Yes. Um yeah i this this idea of of being involved in in this capital campaign in particular uh any capital campaign fundraising in general um i think would have just shook me to my core at that age um i had done virtually no um fundraising um i i can't imagine what i even would have been doing at that age outside of playing video games and playing basketball well, the, with the you audience who so. we
0: were drawing maps accurate pinpoint maps <laughs> during, class. during class during class where we were in writing in the disciplines with eleanor barry eleanor barry. barry yep hopefully she's you know she's still out there te- teaching writings with the disciplines but joe was so enthralled with the lectures he was passing <laughs> exceptionally accurate maps of the spawning locations this maybe this is where your analytical mind came into play because it was down to the t hey when you die once kip these are the six locations you're going to spawn and i will be there
1: (laughs) you know it's you know it's funny i uh, obviously we're not going to talk about bond the whole time however uh so i was I was talking to my wife about Bond and sadly like how much I played because we were talking about how much our kids play and it was just disgusting and then I was like, oh man, I think I played more yes. and I yes. was telling him a story of Nick Anderson how he was up nine to zero on me in that match to ten we were doing rockets in the basement and I you were watching and like all those people came in because it was a game to ten and you were and finally I'm going to lose- her this incredible I was going to lose. I'm telling her this incredible story about how I get hit by the rocket and launched through a wall somehow and I should have died and Nick put his controller down cuz he finally won after like hundreds of matches and it somehow didn't kill me and then I killed him and then do all the respawn locations and and won and that was a wrap. I thought she was just going to yeah, I thought she was just going to love the story and she's like, "Wow." that story really sucked that would not have <laughs> helped you on your first date that would not have no a thing. no
0: um so, so I'll, I'll give joe's in. bona fides on here right so oh. you know I, I gotta do it right vp yeah, no, relationships no. right at yep, opv uh it. director yes. of the ymca board president um and you're going yes. on a number of years because i know when we last talked you were talking about your terms actually coming up because you've been doing you've been on the board for 10 years
1: uh I, yeah, I've been on the board for ten. Um, I I got on in in 2011 2012. Our, our record keeping isn't the best. Um, and I, my my presidency term took over. I, I believe it was July 1st of 21. Um, no 22. So my term technically ends June 30th of this year. But um, yeah, 21. Um, So my term ends this year, but it's their two year terms for presidencies. And then mine is technically, uh, it will extend until 60 days post opening of the new Y. So mine is kind of in perpetuity until we're open, which was a little scary, because when I took it on, we hadn't broke ground yet. And it was like, (laughs) well, it's, it's a you know, almost a two-year project, and so if this thing if this thing goes on, or we have funding shortfalls, you know, whatever it might be, we're gonna we're gonna be in trouble, and I'm gonna be in this role for a while. So that part was scary, but we were we were all very confident in in where we were heading at that point. Um, but i when we got on the board, or when I got on the board in 2011, 12, um, it was to build a new Y in 2013. So you know, it took us a legitimate 10 years. Yeah. Uh, I think longer than I I was told, but I know it went back 10 years before me. I mean no one really even knows when the capital campaign started because it just we've been needing a new why. It's, I mean for the last 20 years probably, right? And so uh, you can find a lot been been of really the background gone. on Joe's
0: work in this and I want to talk about your you know your professional career as well as this work because I think, you know, there's so much overlap, right? You probably just mailed into two different, you're wearing this two hats at the same time all the time. Um, exactly. But you can go to yeah. Gene Y M C And if you go up, you can find obviously your picture, man, you do have a gray streak, but I think it makes you look regal. You have
1: a gray streak in the picture. It's interesting. It's, it's like a skunk streak. It's like this one <laughs> big patch and it just kind of shoots across to the side. It's, it's, yeah, it is. It is not the best look, but I'll take Regal. I, I, yes, I'll take Regal I think
0: it's day. Regal. Tell your kids it's Regal, but go to the vision, click on vision there uh, and then kick, click on the project because we're talking about the Eugene YMCA $47.62 million capital campaign with 42 of that for design and construction costs. You have land acquisition. Obviously you got to cover management administration, but this is a thing, man. I mean, this is something you've been, I, and I know you've always bring it up when we're catching up on the phone or texting, like this for the why or that for the why. But just diving in, getting ready for today, the scale, like you mentioned, they told you, "Hey, we want to do a new why." Did I'm I'm sure they didn't lay out here's the scale of these
1: steps for you. Oh, it's and and it has grown significantly uh, from from when this started. You know, I think it was a fifteen million dollar project. And now we're, I mean, it's, it's almost, you know, 49 million. I think the number that's on the website of the 47.6 is like a million shy. Uh, and it's because we have, we have, I, I, when we got very close to getting ready to break ground, we found out that we were actually, we finally got the final numbers from the contractor. We knew what we needed and we were like 2 million short Oh God! and So it's like, well, what do you do? You're two million dollars short, and in every single week that we waited to break ground, costs were going up about 150 grand. Every so if every single week, and you think on a project that size, it just the this every week that goes by, inflation was just absolutely killing us. And that's not even talking supply chain issues and all the things that can delay a project. It was just the cost, and so. You know, we're like, well, we need 2 million bucks if it takes us two months to raise $2 million. Well, in that two month window, I mean, we've and had eight weeks again. of 150 grand yeah. a week. We're still a million short of of going. And so we had some absolutely heroic uh, donors at the end that just said, hey, yeah, we'll we'll cut a check and get you halfway there. Uh, and then we value engineered the project like for the upteenth time to remove about a million dollars worth of things in the project and then over time as we've been moving through the project and and more donations have come in um, in our our funding gap I guess the the amount that we think we might need to be covered by a loan has shrunk drastically we've kind of added some things back into the project uh, that that have increased the project cost so yeah, yeah it's if, it's
0: it's it, huge, and I thought it was so timely for this because this when we released this interview with Joe talking about his work, it's coming right after Kane and I will have announced the the first golf tournament on a really small scale of fundraising right for for research and, and caretaker services for Alzheimer's victims right in honor of our father. So I knew it was like man, I got to talk to Joe. Because you've been doing this work on a huge scale, how many meetings is this? Give like, just take a stab in the dark. How many meetings? Uh, (laughs) And you can even throw dinners, luncheons. Like, how good are you at these uh, situations now?
1: I mean, I would say, you know, from the time that I took over, since I got on, I've had finance committees or finance committee meetings. I've been uh, I've been on that committee since I got there, so you know that one is once a month the board meeting is once a month um there's you know special committees that you get put on for for whatever might be might be popping up I mean we lost our CEO and we had to bring on a new CEO we had a committee for that um that was not a committee I was on but like just one of the the many many yeah. things you might see people jump on in but in the last year and a half I mean I I would say it's just from a sheer meeting number, I mean, it, it feels like probably three a week on average yeah. is probably fair. And, you know, when you look at the hours, I mean, I, I, I spent a week in Florida last year uh, where there was this big annual conference that the Y had I, and it, incredible event. I mean, thousands of people were there. And there's a lot of board chairs that go and and it just helps you with board governance and and a number of other topics just in figuring out, you know, how best to help lead a board and what you need to be doing. Um, And we had a trip down to Palm Desert uh, that was kind of piggybacking off of the University of Oregon's Ducks in the Desert campaign. And kind Mm. of the idea behind it was um, you go to where your donors are and you don't wait for them to come to you and so when they're you know we have a lot of snowbirds in the area that head down to the desert and so we we know that they go down for this huge ufo event and so we had you know a couple events of our own down in palm desert and i I mean the the volume of it has been it's been a lot uh but it's also something where the cause is just it's it's incredibly close to me. Um yeah, and go into that and so I, I really do feel honored.
0: Yeah, go into that. Yes. Uh, feel free to sh- to name drop too, because I know you've you've talked to me about and you mentioned already the heroic work of the donors and I'm sure the staff that you work yeah. with. Feel free to to name drop. But it's yeah. on the oh. but I want you to tell the story of your connection to the why right? I mean, because obviously you yeah. played college basketball together, but I wouldn't have said like, yeah, Joe walks around fl- waving the YMCA flag. He goes there and lifts all the time. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. not
1: how Joe rolls. So, Todd, I want you no. to your connection. No. You know, and I think one of the cool things about um, I think one of the cool things about nonprofits in general um, and serving on a board, because a, a lot of people don't even know what that involves. Um, but I think the cool thing about serving on a board is that you in, in similar with with your guys' foundation you started, the people that actually serve on the board, you find yourself in people with all different walks of life, but they all have kind of this common um, this common thread of, you know, a love or a passion for whatever the nonprofit is. Uh, because by and large, people get on boards because whatever that organization is, and is near and dear to them for some reason. And um, in the why movement, there's a very common uh, kind of moniker, I guess. You could say that there's, Everybody has a Y story and a reason that they're close to to that movement. And um, for most people, I mean, that could be that they took swim lessons at the Y, uh, they went to summer camps at the Y, or they were a camp counselor at the Y over the summers. Or I, know I went to Y, you know, they've Kansas
0: had. I know I
1: did. Yeah, which is which is awesome. Our CEO is actually from Bozeman. Oh, uh, or he is. He he managed the Y. He was the CEO of the Y in Bozeman. We stole him from there. So um, Montana folk yep <laughs> but no for me my I, I did not it, you know the YMCA is the largest child care provider in Lyon County so tons we have board members who had their kids in child care after school and um for me I didn't I didn't learn to swim at the Y I didn't have really any connection to the Y I didn't play basketball at the Y I didn't lift at the Y I did nothing at the Y growing up um my my grand my grandmother uh, Ingrid Carmichael my dad's mom um, who you met several times mm-hmm. yep. um, she had been a member at the Y forever and I just kind of going through life I mean she just we always had why other members and friends of hers from the Y that would come to Christmas and Easter and birthdays and you name it they would just uh, it could be a friend or a new member at the Y she was there every single day um, and she had been diagnosed with a serious heart condition at a health screening at the Y back in the 60s and, uh, it was extremely serious. And I've, I, I don't even know hundred percent what it was. My dad equated it to uh congenitive heart failure, but she was in her fifties, uh, very young. And so she changed her diet. She committed herself to go into the Y. And it was shortly after that, that my grandfather actually passed away at the Y playing handball and not a story. I typically lead with or tell that right. my grandfather had passed away there, but, um, She, she, you know, all of her kids. My dad was the youngest, was out of the house, and she rededicated herself to just. I I think it was for health reasons, but she also it was the last place he was, and she felt close to him there. And that's amazing. um, Yeah, so so she just uh, my whole life. I wasn't born until seventy eight. And she had been a strong member of the Y at that point. She actually was on the, on the board at the Y long before me, she was on the capital campaign committee that helped raise money for the existing Y that's falling apart right now. And so, you know, when she passed away uh, in 2009, it was four months after my first daughter was born. And, you know, so really every memory I have of my grandmother, I owe to the Y. Mm. And so she passed away. And I remember seeing a a giant article on the register guard, the Eugene paper that uh, it, it was an obituary that the Y had wrote for her and it called her the queen of the Y. And it was, it was pretty amazing because I just knew this thing that I knew, I knew she was, she had this big thing going on at the Y for her, which was great, but I didn't know the impact that she had on the Y. And so to, to read this thing, it was just this like, Oh my gosh, it was almost the secret life that she's had. Um, and you know, she was, you know, the oldest member of the Y she had all these friends and I, I, it just, it was really moving to me. And so, you know, fast forward, Two three years and you know my boss comes in my office and says hey do you have any interest in being on the board of directors of the YMCA they're building a new Y next year and they want someone with a commercial lending background to help them with financing and what construction looks like and I was like oh my gosh like there couldn't be anything more impactful yeah. and meaningful almost to me and my for that role and so yeah and. So, you know, I I was just thinking, hey, any part I can play to make that happen. And, and I had served on a different board of directors, a, a baseball team um, in Eugene. And I remember when you walk into the North Eugene baseball stadium, it says dedicated to the board members of, you know, the Eugene challengers who helped, you know, finance this and raise money for it and get it done. And and in my mind, I was always jealous. Oh, man, how cool would that be? Like to find something and be a part of something like that. Yeah. And when you know the, this thing with the Y came along. Since I got on the board, I've just always had this you know very strong family connection to it, and the idea of somehow being involved and you know somewhere you know my name is listed. You know her last name is on there, uh, not for me, just to honor her legacy. Yes,
0: yes. And, that, that's the word I was about to use. When you you know, said it right away, legacy.
1: Yeah, it's 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 just it's it's the legacy, and it it is. So impactful for my dad and and my uncle, uh, who who saw firsthand. I mean, who lived through those times with her, uh, and it's been so impactful for them. And and so then when you know, project is delayed and delayed and delayed, and then the idea of of you know chairing the board of directors during this time, um, and and having a leadership role in it. it you know, it, it it just that's where I really just felt like uh yeah i'm mean, i was destined for that position um and I, we I just give had you, the uh, right i want to give you time. The right time in those roles too
0: i want to give you time to to update everybody where it's at right and obviously they'll go to the website and hey how close to actually ribbon cutting and that plaque with the carmichael on there but i want to ask yep. you this because you your background yeah. right <laughs> your background coming in right so you've got you've got your undergraduate degree both of us business economics at Willamette okay you went to the mba program yep. at we'll Bearcats University, right so you have your mba and then you've got what yep. 10 15 years in commercial banking if not
1: more yeah in commercial banking since 2009 so you know 14 years right. of of doing that and you know i've done um i you know, I would say construction projects, like I, I think the largest one I've ever been a part of, you know, in total was probably around 12 million. Uh, and I, I think the one thing with construction, whether it's, you know, someone building, building a home for $500,000 or, you know, this larger project I was involved with, which was 12 or the YMCA, which is, you know, almost 50, there's still a process that you go through that's remarkably similar there's more uh controls on things the bigger a project gets and, and in particular with nonprofit, it, it there's just a completely different element to it um you know fundraising fundraising is so different because you know for like what you guys are doing it's like there's this kind of ongoing in perpetuity you guys are going to be raising money for this and you know at the YMCA we have annual campaigns we have uh you know just help with the operating fund we have campaigns for you know send a kid to camp um Mm -hmm. and you're just constantly getting out and in fundraising for these kind of smaller goals whereas a capital campaign it's like hey we're raising money and we're not hitting the go button until we we know we're there yeah and yes in in this project it just it it just Mm -hmm. grew unlike anything i i have ever seen um in part because of inflation, um, and you know, right about the time we were getting ready to go, then COVID hit, and you know, with the why uh, half our budget, half our revenue is coming from childcare, and the childcare is after school childcare. So we're in tons of schools. You know, we're in yeah. 25 schools. So school ends at 2:30, and then YMCA members go to the gym, and you know, Y staff goes to the gym, and then the kids that are in those programs just stay in the gym until six o'clock. But school shut down. So what do you do? I mean, we don't have locations anymore. And in wise across the country there were several that failed? Uh, you know, here we are finally. We've reached our goal. We're ready to go. And then, you know, COVID hits. And what do you do? Uh, I mean, it, it just, the number of obstacles that that we've hit, I, I swear you could do a case study <laughs> on you know how do you respond to a challenge you right. know when you know that you you're not going to be able to do it how do you not lose hope what do you do when you know you've got this goal that's in front of you that's attainable you're going to finally do it and now there's this roadblock and you're not going to do it anymore how do you move forward so would you say would you
0: categorize yeah, it, like your resilience are there bits and pieces of that generated from joe the the, the you know growing up the student athlete is there bits and pieces of that from you know just personally family upbringing? Is there bits and pieces of those skill sets from what you do in commercial? But you know what I mean, like drawing and seeing, being aware, and then pushing through. Where's that coming from? Is that you know? Give, yeah. give me an overview. Well,
1: it's it's fun. well, first and foremost, I would say that that I, I give. It, it when you know the board of director or board of directors, you're only I mean your, your job is really you have one employee which is the CEO and the CEO kind of runs everything so I first and foremost I give so much credit to the Y CEO this Brian Stefan uh from from Bozeman YMCA. uh so much credit to him because he is uh just an eternal optimist and it you know how no, like he set internal optimism oh my gosh oh my gosh (laughs) oh my gosh you know and i think finding finding you know it's you you have two choices you can give up or you can just take one step at a time and you know it was it was interesting because i think i think the same approach was taken to um you know finding operational dollars that was taken to our capital campaign where you know a capital campaign we needed we needed money and we needed a lot of it. And, you know, we ended up getting $15 million on the capital campaign side from the state of Oregon from lottery dollars. And we knew that, uh, the Salem YMCA, which just completed another, they probably pretty large project. They got a lot of money from the state lottery. I I think they got like three or 4 million, Mm. but it was, you know, you get $15 million and you're like, this is great. Well, we've only got, you know, 34 to go. And you know, it, but it was continuing to overturn stones, and you know, any little amount of money that you might be able to get, you were pushing forward with. And the same happened with you know, with COVID. Um, you know, there were SBA PPP loans that and, you know I was doing myself, so I knew a lot about how to attain those. And and uh, the CEO for the Y was just he was very deliberate in going after those. Uh, ERTC tax credits, um, there was. Just there were a ton of government grants that, that we received outside of those. All those things
0: you're talking, because I remember talking to you specifically in the first year of COVID. I remember you explaining to me mm-hmm. all the PPP loans. But is that all those taglines and acronyms that you have to know? Is that industry knowledge that he gained purely from the why? Is it fundraising 101?
1: an amalgam of everything PPP like, was, yeah. PPP was something that, you know, when that came out, it, it, actually, I think even before that came out, our, our bank Oregon Pacific bank, which I, I give a ton of credit to for allowing me to spend countless hours with the Y because it's, yeah. it's a second job uh, at times. And sometimes it's a primary job. Yeah. Uh But But they before PPP came out, we had a fund to give loans to businesses, like an emergency fund, Mm. and that was something that you know it's like, well, I'm sure the Y could qualify for that. And then PPP came out, and I I obviously had a lot of knowledge on that front, so I was in touch with uh, with the Y staff on what you know what we needed to do to go get those funds, and then outside of that, I. I think getting the money in in where our CEO, just this whole project just turned because it, again, it was for 20 years, we worked on it. And then we got him, he came in in 2016, I think, 2017. And from the time he came in, he didn't know a soul in Oregon and just hit the ground running, started mm-hmm. going to our state senators, started going to wow. the... The local, the the city councilors. He was in Salem. I went to Salem with him a couple times, and you know, you go and you meet the people that are making the decisions that yeah. are holding the, the purse strings, and you're telling them, you know, why is this project? What is, what needs to happen? And those are also the people that hold a lot of the keys to these other government grants. So when we made these inroads oh. with respect to like the state lottery dollars, uh, which is extremely competitive it also gave a lot of inroads to, you know, we, we really, uh, I, I think did an excellent job. And and by we, again, I'm giving Y staff full credit here, did an excellent job of like showing why this project was important and connecting people to it. And so in, in Eugene, I think what, and even in Salem, there's the Cascadia fault line. Everyone talks about when the big one hits, what's going to happen. And, and one of the reasons our project really skyrocketed from that 15 million to 49 is it's one of the few buildings in in i think in the state but for sure in lane county that's built to the highest degree of seismic um outfitting it's not retrofitting because it's new construction uh the highest degree of seismic standards so when the big one hits um a lot could be gone in lane county up in salem but we know the y is going to be standing and one of the reasons that the state chose to give us that money was because it, it really will be a community place for people to get food, get a shower because it's you know again uh available really right? not yes. going. Yeah, anywhere.
0: knocking on wood, but yeah, like you guys built it as like multi and all you guys otherwise always multi-purpose. But now it that's a huge it's basically yes. uh like a shelter, right? It turns into a functional yes. shelter people can count on.
1: Yes. Exactly. And so, you know, that's one of the things that we look at. And I think, you know, when, when I started on the board, I mean, our, our, our budget line item uh, for repairs and maintenance at the old Y was, I mean, it was over a hundred thousand dollars a year just for things falling apart. I remember one time we were losing like hundreds of gallons of water from the pool a week and we didn't know where it was going. We didn't know where the leak was. It was just going somewhere you know and so we're shutting the pool down you drain it and i mean it just it was such an old building um and so the new facility which will be you know i think almost three times the size it'll be one of the largest ymcas in north america um one of the most expensive ymcas in north america and i i think one of the cool things is the partnerships that we have with people that have really Got it to the point where you know we can build it. Um, we've partnered with Peace Health, and they gave us a little over a million dollars, I think one point two five million. Um, and it, it's really a partnership; it's not just a donation. It's a partnership. We have a a very large diabetes prevention campaign, and it's not a campaign; it's a program. So, you know, if a kid is a kid or an adult gets diagnosed as pre diabetic. Um, they can get sent to the Y, where we have programming currently. and you know we can teach them healthy lifestyles for eating, for being active, uh, just you know knowledge. There's a lot of things that can come through that, but we're also space is severely limited. And so at the new Y, we'll have substantially more space. Peace health is a a, a key donor, um, but a key partner too in right. helping us expand that program because yeah, diabetes that's a, that's has become awesome. a huge you know, as problem.
0: A, you know, a parent of a type one diabetic. Um, yeah. That, that warms my heart for expanded access and the answer to where the hell do we go? Because when, you know, exactly. Lincoln couldn't have done your program for the, for the type one, but the answer to where do we go? You guys are the answer for so many things, right? Child care. Yes. This program, safety, and then just all the other things people associate the why with. Last two things. Yes. One, when this wraps up, tell us when, right? And like knock on wood and all, all things awesome. When is it, when, when can people access it? And then what's next for you, right? You did besides yeah. a big vacation with all, with you and all the people that, that did it,
1: <laughs> right? What's next? Yeah. So, uh, so ribbon cutting uh, or groundbreaking, excuse me, not ribbon cutting. Groundbreaking was this past July. And it's an eighteen-month construction process, so we're going to be done, I think, in November. So, barring any any you know major hurdles, uh, we'll be done in November. We'll have a ribbon cutting in December, and that means that you know sometime hopefully in like February uh, my term ends, and I I might be pushed through, and I, I might just re up for like another full year just to to make sure that you know there I. I don't like having a, like kind of an up in the air ending. So for sure though, this thing is going to be done November, December, we're opening it up. So that part is fantastic. Uh, what's next for me. I am, I, I was always excited to be on the board and learn about like what happens and how you do things and the way it works. And I am excited to kind of move back just into a normal Board member role. I, I think the my term as the board chair has been pretty laser focused on building a new Y, and for I, I think as we're getting closer to that, my next you know kind of secondary goal is just making sure that we still have enough board members now to service this brand new facility, um, and or not service it, but enough board members to get enough opinions and everything out there that we need to have. I think there's a lot of people who I could see having you know brand new Y and then saying hey i did it i've been on the board for 20 30 years and i'm done um i'm not going anywhere yet i i i think i'm i'm too attached to this project to, right. there's to an ownership right soon. there's a
0: personal ownership now and like you mentioned earlier exactly. family legacy requires right requires exactly
1: <laughs> yeah exactly i wasn't on it just to to get the thing built uh i i, I really I, my my attachment to the Y doesn't just end because you know we have a new facility i i'm excited to see where it goes i'm excited to see the new programs that come in um there's just so much more flex space when you look at it where we have programming that we don't even know what we're going to do yet it just kind of depends what the community wants uh and you know what new partnerships come around
0: Across the streams, Joe Carmichael.